2: time now for the balloon party on the tim mckernan podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn
1: yes yes welcome to balloon party 101 espn my name is timothy michael mckernan standing across from me action jackson yes yes Getting ready for a weekend that is expected to be, candidly, uh, promiscuous. Uh, He is the most eligible bachelor in St. Louis, and uh, he has quite a little menu.
0: Yeah, you got that right, Tim.
1: A truer statement hasn't been said on these airwaves. Wow, what a throwaway line that was. (laughs) Uh, Text into the program 65780, 65780, your comfort service text line. Leave a mic drop via the 101 ESPN app and be a part of today's radio presentation here. 101 ESPN, and we start with Little Piddle's Friday Parlay, a tradition unlike any other. Yep, yep.
0: Synonymous with Fridays on 101.
1: You set the line. Cardinals win the series with Atlanta. I like the way the rotation is set up. Quintana, Montgomery, Wainwright. Yep. I will say Cardinals are minus one fifteen.
0: Yeah, I was I was in between if they were just going to be like plus one ten or minus one ten because it's a pretty did look. Did he have the answer? Or I don't have, have the answer. answer. Well, thanks for taking the time. But I will. I'm going to grab it.
1: Uh, I I'm going to go. I'm going to go Cardinals. Uh, I'd like to meet with you about the producing situation on Balloon Party. I don't know if Jackson can hear me, uh, but yeah, eleven oh one is if you got time. So a quick, so quick meeting. I'll say Cardinals plus one ten. Wow, yep. I think you're out of your mind. Well, we're gonna find out. Wow. okay, this is It's a it's a big moment in in this show's storied history. It's gonna take me a second. Sweet, Ryder. Can we meet during this first commercial break? It's getting away from us here. Uh, no lefties are slated to start for Atlanta this weekend, so over under .5 Albert home runs this weekend. I will go over. I will go over. I will go over. I would actually bet that one. Really? I would bet that one. That might
0: actually be out there.
1: If, if he's going to hit a home run this weekend? Yeah. Get me to 694? Yep. Yeah, I think I would bet that one. There's no way he's not going to start one of the games. I get it. You know, it's all right. He's starting for the Braves, but I think they'd get him in there. The thing that's going on here is the Corey Dickerson show.
0: Yes, that that that's what is concerning to me. If to get him in the back because Dickerson. Oh, so you're not hot. happy
1: that Corey Dickerson's getting hats? What are you, hits? Are you no, a I mean fan? it's
0: good. No, it's great that he's come alive considering his first couple months of the season. But if you are rooting for the home run chase,
1: well. They kind of, you know, lefty DH. I don't know. I don't know. Do we have the answer on the line on the Cardinals and Braves weekend? That's. I'll take that as a, a hard. I'll take the silence as a read.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. I probably should have had this before the show.
1: <laughs> uh, being a bachelor in St. Louis ain't easy, as it is in Columbia, is it, Little pittles.
0: That's <laughs> from the three one four. No, that's the second most true statement I've ever heard. <laughs>
1: We had this uh, Hubbard Radio event last night. Wonderful gala, uh, you know. S- some of the some of the participants, uh, such as myself, uh, went home a little earlier. Two young tykes to tend to. Right. Uh, other friends of the feather had a had a longer evening. And uh, as, as we were getting ready to leave, I was standing at the bar, and Jamie Rivers uh, accidentally. Uh, Bumps into Jackson. He goes, oh, "I'm sorry, little piddle." <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. People were like, "What's the little piddle
0: thing about?" It's like, a, "It's a great question."
1: Oh, excuse me, little piddles. <laughs> it's so unfortunate. Uh, I'll be at the game on Sunday to see a Wainwright start. Let's see an Albert home run against a righty or against lefty relief. That is from the six one eight. Uh, I would uh, I would say that uh, I I just I feel very good about it. Now I hope that I'm not jinxing it, but I do feel very good about it. I would add it to predictionary, but I don't think it's something that would be in the coin no. flip category. You know, I think I'd be getting odds, so I don't think I can go predictionary on that. Yeah. Are you? Are you really haven't been able to find the I odds. I got this, it. I got it. I was about to throw something. Yeah. I, no.
0: I hear you. All right. The Cardinals are scrolling uh, plus
1: one hundred. Wow. So who wins? Did I say minus one ten or? I said minus one fifteen. So you minus, win. Yep. You're closer by five. Mm-hmm. Plus 100 so what are the Braves. Are they minus 105 or something? Minus 125. Wow! I know mm-hmm. the Braves are on a heater, but God, I uh, think I think there's value on the Cardinals yeah, there. No Max Freed start, and you're getting
0: the three best Cardinal pitchers. Well, three of the four best Cardinal pitchers this weekend. What
1: about Dak Hudson yesterday, though? Yeah, <laughs> Dak, you might lose your job. All right, I'll go out and pitch faster and throw effectively.
0: Yeah, he he sure did pitch faster, which. I'm appreciative of. Otherwise, I'd be all from the Woodford camp because he doesn't take too long between pitches.
1: And you picked him up for your fantasy team, so this is biased reporting, and I'm completely aware of it, and I want the audience to know that this is filtered. And it's unfortunate. And he picked up a W. Uh, Let's see what we got here. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt uh, hits a couple home runs yesterday and then says, with regards to the uh, Triple Crown, if something like that happens, it would be a miracle. To think that's realistic is probably pretty far-fetched. If something like that happened, it would be amazing to think that's a goal for everyone. That's kind of a crazy standard to try to meet. Uh, And yet here we are for a real shot. I feel like it was a matter of like 72 hours that it went from not being talked about to being talked about, yeah. Well, the two homers
0: yesterday has got to be such a big factor into it.
1: Yeah, I mean, certainly, but at the same time, it wasn't like he was way behind. No, and it was no. two home runs that did it, and now he is in this position uh, that he had been, but it's just starting to get more attention. Uh, we t- I feel like we talked about it last Friday, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, with no, what's yeah. more likely Albert getting to 700 a Goldschmidt triple crown. Where I think we go? both.
0: I think we both agree that Albert was the more likely case, and now, now it's. I still think it's Albert.
1: Schwarber did hit a home run last night by the way, so he's right. two back.
0: Nice, two back. But still, even then, it's just the fact that Goldie has to win 3 of the of 3 categories where Albert just has to hit, you know, that many more home runs. So, right. it's it's just a, a statistic thing at that point, but the way Goldie's hitting it, it is not, you know, I know he kind of plays it down cuz he's a very humble guy, but it's very much in the cards that he could win the triple crown. And that would be oh my god. I guess with judge and Pujols kind of chasing these numbers, goldie kind of goes under the radar and he's kind of an under the radar guy in general
1: well with regards to judge, where is he sitting right now?
0: I don't have the answer on that, but i'm gonna pull, <laughs> pull it up i'm gonna pull it up i'm gonna pull it up right now Tim
1: <laughs> uh i mean is what 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 is he really chasing at one at one point I felt like he was a lot. It depends on what record you view as the record right he's at forty eight right now. So I guess sixty-one is the record he's chasing. Okay, and then so that's what that's what people are talking about. Right, that, that would be the and right. I, I understand that. I don't. I don't dispute that.
0: Right. When was the last time somebody hit sixty home runs though in a major league like, baseball season?
1: Um, a bunch of like in the I would guess. Yeah, there's
0: a bunch of like in the mid fifties, but
1: Ryan Howard had a hell of a year in two thousand five six Bonds. Maybe I don't know. Are you giving me the answer? I, I was guessing. Uh, judge is in the AL, you idiots. That's from the sixth. Is piece. that
0: all I said? What does that have to do with
1: anything? <laughs> the, here's the deal. Uh, I, if I had to, you gotta, you gotta bet one way or the other as to whether or not it's the hole 700 or the Goldschmidt Triple Crown. God, I think I would go with the hole 700. Yeah. I think I would go yeah. with the pool seven hundred. Just the way he's hitting, but it's not like Gold- Well, Goldschmidt. went in the batting average, it's it's by no I means nothing's locked in at this point with as much time that's left. But that looks pretty good. It's just that you gotta you gotta beat out a variety of players for three separate categories. Whereas Albert hitting seven home runs, I just I don't I mean oh listen, it, it, I just I just think it's gonna happen now, which is nuts to think, but I do think it's gonna happen. Bonds and
0: uh, Sosa both hit in the 60s in 2001. Well, Bonds had 73. 73, that yeah. was the year. So that was the last time,
1: Oh one. Uh Way to be prepared, virgin boy. That's from the 314.
0: Yeah, that's my bad. The rough first segment, but you know what? There's always time to get better.
1: You feel like I think the sports center update's gonna be your bounce back moment and we'll do a mini thirty for thirty podcast on your sports center update. We'll play with like slow music and dissolve edits <laughs> this first segment. <laughs> Little Pittles was shaken by Jamie Rivers calling him Little Pittles at last <laughs> night's Hubbard radio event. Yeah. I mean, and then it carried over into the first segment in which he asked questions that he didn't have answers for.
0: Zero, like none. I didn't have any
1: answers. I, I
0: don't know anything. I barely knew about Goldie.
1: And then what about this? I think this is going to continue into the opening of the mini 30 for 30. Uh, When I saw this sent over last night, I enjoyed it. I was just a little surprised it was included in Little Piddle's Friday Parlay. Guess the uniforms for Missouri's first game versus Louisiana Tech. Now, I appreciate a good uniform question. I also appreciate it being specific to Missouri football uh, because our uh, TMA co-host, Doug Vaughn, is uh, is really enamored with the costumes that Missouri wears, and how they have attempted to become the Oregon of the Midwest. Yep. And uh, he's like, the colors are black and gold, not anthracite, not a tiger with a feather coming out of it on the helmet. Um, I think they're gonna go black on black. That's mm. what I think it's gonna be. And I could see the block M coming out. That's uh, so my block answer- M. I guess like yellow, I don't know, Steelers tribute. Yeah. And then black jerseys, black pant for a really surprising question here in Little Piddle's Friday Parlay. I'm going to go white pants,
0: black jersey, block M. I black helmet? Black block M helmet with the yellow M, not gold, <laughs> yellow M, because Drinkwitz loves the block M, which I'm not huge on, but... <laughs> Is the Block M
1: more of a thing for the old school people?
0: I guess. I mean, but they wore the Block M's like with Chase Daniel. Like that was a, that was a. They did. uh, It was often. So it's not like I'm not used to the Block M. I just think the Tiger decal looks cool. And the Block M, and I'm not saying it's only Michigan because people can have similar logos. There's so many college football teams. But I think the Block M just isn't synonymous as much with Mizzou.
1: So. That was the criticism and why they say they switched to what they call the Power tiger or something like that. Yeah, if I just call it the logo. <laughs> yeah. The oval yeah, tiger. The oval tiger thing. Yeah. Uh let's see. I'm starting to feel bad for Piddles. But he's got the weekend to recover. So screw him. Thanks. That's from the three one four. I don't
0: feel bad for Piddles, so you shouldn't
1: either. Oh good. Yeah. Because you got this big weekend lined up and the ladies are lined up to you.
0: Yeah, right. It's going to be nuts. But yeah, just a Friday. it's tough to be sad on a Friday, especially when the Cardinals are this hot and they're playing the Braves this weekend.
1: Did you think about puffing your chest out and maybe firing a shot back at Jamie Rivers and saying, excuse me, little piddles? Yeah, that would go well. That would have been great yeah. for my entertainment. Right, it would, right. It would well. have been great for everybody's entertainment.
0: But for me personally, no. <laughs>
1: excuse hey. me, piddles.
0: That's great. That's great. You can call it the office, piddles.
1: Uh, you can text in. You can leave uh, Mic Drops. Uh, 101 ESPN app is where you can leave the Mic drop 65780 is how you can text into the Air Comfort Service text line. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, heretofore known as Lil Pittles
2: here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Up-to-date info and breaking sports news for back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101
1: ESPN. Welcome back Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you here on the program. Always welcome to get involved. 65780 is how you can text into the show, the Air Comfort Service text line, and use the 101 ESPN app to leave a mic drop, miss any of the show. Podcast it, Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Podcast for all of the programs here on 101 ESPN. Cardinals and Braves this weekend. The Cardinals are underdogs to win the series against the Braves. I'm a little surprised by that. I really am. I mean, I didn't think they would be big favorites, but I'm a little surprised that they are underdogs for the series. So if you enjoy a wager, there is an opportunity if you are feeling the Cardinals. Are you are you as optimistic on the Cardinals as you were at the start of the Chicago series? I mean, they won three of five.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm not. I'm not. It, when you play five games in four days, some things are going to happen that you're not really expecting. So I think just a normal weekend series, I think you're going to see them get back. And being at Bush, I think it's all important. Plus, you're getting a Quintana, Montgomery, and Bueno start. So good time to like really cement yourself in the NL Central.
1: Uh, the uh, Braves will be throwing uh, Strider, Morton, and uh, Jake Odorizzi uh, for the record, for those of you wondering about the pitching matchups. And it is Sunday night baseball in St. Louis on Sunday night. Yeah, I just think you're going to have a hell of an
0: atmosphere. And yeah. I, just, I don't know. Sunday night could be a really great
1: atmosphere. I mean, I, relative for late August in St. Louis, uh, you have really good weather. Um, I mean, you know, the high of 88 today. High of 90 tomorrow, high of 92 on Sunday. I mean, usually at this time of year, it's brutal. Nothing, by the way, as I'm just looking, just scrolling through for the purpose of the weather, uh, nothing above anything in the 80s, 87 next week. Glorious weather. I mean, just incredible. It's a beautiful day for a ball ball game. game. Oh, that was harmony. That was really nice. For late August, I mean,
0: it has been such a great month weather-wise.
1: Yeah, I know you've enjoyed your time playing. What, Belle Reve is where you were this week? Belle
0: Reve, yeah, yeah, looking to get a... bunch of other prestigious
1: courses by the end of the week. Uh, Is non-action Jackson going to try to end his dry spell this weekend at boxers and briefs? That's from the 314. Balloon party, take it or leave it. This season will be turned into a documentary, 30 for 30, if we make and win the World Series. That's from the 314. Um, Well, there has to be some kind of huge nationally appealing hook locally. Anytime a team wins a championship, even if there isn't a whole lot of a story to it, uh, it's incredibly significant, but nationally, I don't know at the moment what the hook would be. Now something could develop and now you go, hold on, man, there's a triple crown in in the mix. There's, you know, a couple of hall of famers playing their final season, uh, one pursuing 700 um, but I would think there would have to be some kind of hook. I don't know. I yeah. th- th- I don't so therefore I don't I don't I don't see it. I don't see it at the moment. something else could emerge. I'm not really sure what it would be
0: right. I mean, you got the cool element of Albert Yadi Buenono, but it's not it's not enough to like really grab people. There needs to be beyond
1: a lot. St Louis right In St Louis. 100%. I think I said it earlier this week that this is the highest I've been on the Cardinals in close to a decade. I'd probably go back to 2013, and I think it's been the most enjo- one of the most enjoyable months of watching the Cardinals um, when you include individual uh, achievement because last last September would be the obvious, but when you include the int- individual achievement along with how well the team is playing across the board, and also I think that fans were really enthused by what took place at the trade deadline. And maybe I'm overrating that. I was super excited about Jordan Montgomery, and as excited as I was about Montgomery, I still didn't expect this. Who could have expected this? Um, but I think it was refreshing for Cardinal fans to see the Cardinals be aggressive yeah. at the deadline and then acquire a couple of assets without really spending all of that much, depending on your perspective on Harrison Bader. Nothing personal on Bader, but you didn't give up prospects to get a guy who really could be a, a, a part of the Cardinal rotation here for a while, depending on if they want to re-sign him. So I think there is enthusiasm there. There's enthusiasm with the way the team has been playing. I think the team was energized by the moves at the deadline. And then you have the Goldschmidt and Pujols' uh, individual accomplishments along with what's going on with the Yadier Molina's final 40 or so games and uh, whatever Adam Wainwright decides. By the way, you got to bet 100 bucks right now, and I know for you that's a that's something that you would drop on the ground and it wouldn't be worth it for you to pick it up. Not like Jordan. Right. Would uh, you wager uh, Adam Wainwright is back in 2023 or would you say he is not back in 2023? Go. I can't give you the time to think about it. I need you to place the bet.
0: I'd place the bet that he will be back in yeah. I kind of agree with you. I mean, I, 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 he hasn't shown any signs of slowing, and he clearly has that competitive appetite. I and think, he's
1: just damn effective.
0: Yeah, it's not. Yeah, exactly. It's not like a guy. It's like, should we give him another year? It's like, please, will you come back for another year?
1: Yeah, I just, I, I yeah. To me, I think that he's coming back. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel
0: pretty confident on that hundred dollar bet too.
1: Here's a th- here, here's a little here's a little something for you, pedals. I like something. I think that you can get some good odds on this. All right. I think he is so potentially good as a broadcaster that if he were to ascend to whatever the big chair is, I guess right now the biggest chair in baseball would be John Smoltz's yeah. for a former player. Yeah. You know, you're not going to be in the, the Joe Buck, uh, or the role that Joe had for all of those years. Uh, that with a combination of his playing career and then if he were to get there and I could see him being a guy like McCarver who just is calling World Series after World Series, yeah, that he winds up in Cooperstown.
0: Mm. God, Wow.
1: Oh, you like that. I, I did give you a little something.
0: Well, it's thought-provoking. And, you know, and I think
1: he is so beloved locally. But that's not like that's going to be exclusive to St. Louis. I just think he's a great ambassador for the game for a wide variety of reasons. It's not like his career was subpar. It's been an incredible career. Um, It's just probably not in the the mix. I don't think so, at least at the moment. I don't think he would be going into the Hall of Fame. Um, But if you combine being a longtime broadcaster, he might be like, dude, I appreciate it, but I have no interest in doing that. Maybe, yeah. But I think he has the ability to do it. Absolutely, it's one of those things when Brady, uh, well, when Fox announced that he was going to be a, a guy. Listen, he might wind up being incredible. Personally, I don't see it. Yeah, Peyton Manning, I I saw it. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't, and I don't necessarily know how to describe it, but Wainwright absolutely has it, and Manning, obviously has it you can tell when somebody has it and the thing is with the game of baseball for every one hockey player with personality um you have like half for a, a, a baseball definitely and so if you have personality you have knowledge you have passion you have charisma uh And then you also have a really good playing career. Yeah, you're an asset. You're an asset, and you're unique. Yep. And I could see that being the case. I mean, it's not like he's, you know, like he's in his 60s and and in a spot where he could only do a handful of years. I mean, he's still playing, and even if he plays a couple more years, he could still have 20-plus years in a broadcast booth along with, you know, close to, at that point, 20 years on the playing field, major league level, and uh, being a part of a couple of at least world champions and a bunch of playoff appearances, super likable. I'm just I'm just throwing a little something out there for you.
0: Yeah, I think the fact that he's so well respected both on and off the field by, you know, people in baseball, all across the country, on top of him having just this world class personality and able to vocalize it, which is because I bet there's a lot of guys in baseball who have great personalities they just have trouble vocalizing it or or being on the air saying it.
1: Well, I think I think the actual math on it for athletes in general but baseball they have to deal with it not just 162 times but spring training potentially some postseason yeah is that it's not worth it to say anything Mm -hmm. but that's the other thing that i was about to say about Wainwright, who, you know, gives candid answers when he's on with uh, Randy Carrick and Michelle Smallman at certainly, Red League. Certainly. Uh, is he isn't afraid to give an opinion that might not necessarily be welcomed by Major League Baseball or the organization he's playing for. And it isn't personal or mean-spirited, but there's candor. And yep. if he feels strongly about it. And so you add that in the mix and the credibility to be able to say it, I don't know. I just think, I think there's something there. I... I You know, with guys, we've seen so many guys over the years who play for the Blues, and man, that guy could be an incredible broadcaster, like Maroon. I don't know if he would ever be a, uh, you know, color analyst or something, but as far as hosting a show or a podcast, the guy's gold, absolutely gold. Uh, But Wainwright, as far as a color analyst, I think could be... Could be a force that that goes well beyond St. Louis. Yeah,
0: uh, Charles Barkley has talked about this, where he, like they'll bring players on to the show on TNT, and they're great personalities. Are like off the air, they're hilarious, and they're the, you think they're going to be incredible. If they get on air, they just are stiff. And Wayner has proven that Like he's not stiff. He's going to be really, really good with a mic in front of him or not. So. I, I agree with you. I think if he wants to get into broadcasting, he could be really, really special.
1: Timmy needs seven wins to get to 200. I think 200 is essential to his Hall of Fame case, although I disagree as to why. I think he is back to get 208 to 210 wins. That's from the 636. I'll say this, and this is you got to go deep into the weeds on this one, but he walked off the mound in 2009 in his final start um, with the lead, and that would have made him a 20-game winner. And as kind of, I think, stupid as this sounds, um, the Cardinals wind up not only uh, not able to hold that lead. And so I think they might have wound up winning the game, but Wainwright didn't get the win. This was in September of 2009. And as trivial as it sounds, I believe the fact that he didn't get to 20 wins. And this is 2009 when the win had a little more value than it's perceived to in 2022. uh, That kept him from winning a Cy Young in 2009. I believe that. And I also think uh, Chris Carpenter, who also had a hell of a year, split some votes and then Lincecum won. So I do believe that if the Cardinals hold on to that lead, Wainwright wins a Cy Young. And I think we would all agree if we're having this Wainwright Hall of Fame discussion, and I'm having more of a Wainwright broadcasting and combining that with a playing career Hall of Fame discussion, but if he did have a Cy Young on his resume, that is a big boost. It's a big boost from a you know, whoever has baseball rights, Fox or whomever, and also for a Hall of Fame resume. But he just has, he has, he has all of these traits that a, a, a broadcasting outlet that's carrying Major League Baseball would look for. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I, I certainly he'd be great in studio, don't get me wrong, but I think the quickness, the knowledge, the passion, the charisma, these are things you can't teach and he has it. And, uh, you know, and, and listen, John Smoltz is early on in his career, and uh, maybe he has, you know, no interest in leaving, but if uh, they wanted to bring somebody in, I think Wainwright is an absolute natural, and if he does, I could see him ascending to that top chair and potentially being in that top chair for a long time. Your thoughts six five seven eight zero. You can leave a mic drop as well. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, with you. Uh, this is this is it's, it, it's about what took place last night, which most people may not care about, which is Amazon's debut of Thursday night football. But then it applies to what could happen here in a couple of weeks, which is when people go to look for Thursday Night Football and they realize they have to be subscribing to Amazon and the direction of sports television when it comes to platforms that you have to subscribe to. that conversation as we go into that next here on Balloon Party, this is 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Welcome back. This is Balloon Party 101 ESPN. 24 minutes remaining in this radio presentation. And then BK and Ferrario come in. Uh, Jackson, you posed this question regarding Thursday Night Football. Now, it's on Amazon. Correct. So it's no longer on Fox and the NFL Network, Mm -hmm. as it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe Buck and Aikman were on that uh, call for a couple of years. Now it is on Amazon with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, great booth. And uh, it debuted last night. New York Post media critic Andrew Marchand was very high on what Amazon was doing, as were many people uh, who were uh, interacting with uh, Andrew Marchand, who uh, we've had on TMA a few times, and he's a good guest. And uh, he said what he saw from Amazon conveyed what Apple TV should have done with their baseball broadcasts, Amazon comes off as instant credibility because they have Michaels and herb Street yep and apples and the Cardinals have been on there a few times this year uh it, it is getting a lot of criticism and his observation was number one you have people who most baseball fans are not aware of involved in the booth and then you also have a three-person booth which makes it gimmicky yep Do you agree with that?
0: Yeah, a three-person booth is not optimal.
1: So uh, the Apple TV on-demand baseball has received pushback, Mm -hmm. and that's baseball. And while here in St. Louis, we thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I don't think people are really enthused when they're like, oh, tonight's Cardinal game is an Apple game. Um, Now for football, I am curious to see what happens over the next few weeks when fans who are used to Just clicking on whatever network, whether it be uh, one of the affiliates or whether it be the NFL network that's part of their package, uh, goes, where's the game? I have to be an Amazon subscriber. Will people be on board or will people be irritated? And the question that you ask is Amazon hosted its first exclusive Thursday night football game last night, which will be the new normal as the corporate giant will host every Thursday night game exclusively until 2033. Yeah. Uh, Do you think we will see a pushback from NFL fans as the Thursday night football games will not be on regular TV, but instead a streamer, or do you think the change will go over smoothly? Do you think leagues are being too anxious to make the switch over to becoming streamer-friendly, or do you see this as an adapt-or-die situation? Do you think this trend will become more popular in the coming years? Uh, I'm going to allow you to, uh, to field this one first because I have a, a bit of a different answer on one of the things that I have seen going on that I think is a misstep on this, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on the questions that you posed.
0: Well, first of all, I want to say I watched some of the highlights from last night's game, and I thought that the broadcast was good, Herb Street and now Michaels, I mean— Outstanding. And then just the way it looked, I'd say it looked, you know, uh, if you wouldn't have told somebody that it was on Amazon Prime outside of like the kind of logos they had in the field, you wouldn't really know this. It was it was a very standard football broadcast, I thought. Um, with that, I think that for a lot of people, uh, people who might not have cable services, like people like me who've never had a cable subscription, It's great because I have Amazon Prime. It's very easy for me to fire it up, but I also understand that not everyone is like that. Not everybody is going to be able to be like, oh, it's on Amazon Prime, and know exactly what to do. They might have to look it up, and that might not be optimal, but with the NFL's product being so popular, I mean crazy popular in America, I feel like less so than Apple TV with baseball, people will find a way to get on to the NFL's product. Whatever they have to do, they'll figure it out to get it on there. And they might not like it, but essentially I think it'll just kind of fade into the normalcy here after the first couple weeks of the season.
1: I agree with you. I think that I don't want to call it an addiction, Uh Um, although I do think one of the reasons for the popularity is gambling. Um, it strikes me as obvious. I occasionally get some pushback on that when I'm talking about it on this show. And I'm not saying it as a bad thing or as a good thing. I'm just saying it is a thing. Yep. The sky is blue, and the NFL's popularity is fueled in part by gambling, and I don't really see anything different on it. Um, so with that said, if people are going to be wagering, they want to be able to watch the game. Yeah. And so at some point, they're going to go, fine, I'll bite the bullet and pay whatever it is. I don't even know what it is, Tabby. I think I have it. Yeah,
0: it's 7 8 bucks or something. Okay.
1: And therefore, Amazon will generate revenue—direct cause and effect revenue—because of its Thursday night football broadcast. Yep. Now, let's compare and contrast it to what Apple TV has done. I'm surprised by it because it—it it strikes me in a variety of ways of being uh, a misstep uh, from the broadcast booth to even getting involved in it mm-hmm. to the game times. Yeah. Baseball, unlike football, at this particular moment is regional in its popularity. Unlike uh, the 1980s or so, when you had the opportunity uh, to have Vin Scully in St. Louis with Joe Garagiola calling the Saturday game of the week, and it felt like a big deal, every game... Is on television back then there were a handful of games on television and it felt like a big deal to have the national guys come to St. Louis and be on the call. It's not the way that it is right now. And if anything, the thing that makes the games uh, for fans, I think uh, comfortable is their local announcers. And when you bring in three people who don't really have any tie whatsoever, and also there's no recognizability to mitigate the question of credibility, uh, you invite additional criticism. And it's not necessarily criticism because it's poor, but it's criticism because it's different and there's no real reason to think it's better. Right. And that is where I think the Apple TV thing has failed. So your question on whether or not uh, this is going to be the future, and whether or not these uh, leagues have jumped the gun and it's a case of adapt or die, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a case-by-case basis. I don't... I, you know, the Apple TV reasoning for going with the unique booth was the proverbial, well, we're trying to get younger people to watch. I, and it's so nice that you're 24 years old because I can immediately go, well, what do you and your peers think? I can't imagine... There are teens, 20-somethings, if we want to expand it to early 30-somethings, who go, oh, you know what? I didn't feel like watching Dan McLaughlin and Brad Thompson or Dan McLaughlin and Jim Edmonds. It's great that these three strangers are on, and therefore, I will watch the Apple game. Yeah, it
0: has no equity with people.
1: It's a a total miss. Yep, I agree. So if you're going to do it, as Wham said, do it right. And so, I, I for the life of me, I don't know what in the hell they were doing with it. And, and, and the thing is, it's such a brilliant operation that to make such a bad move really surprises me. Like Amazon, Amazon caused indirect. it's like we look at live and PGA. The PGA's change to its format was caused by yeah, live. If yeah. anybody wants to say otherwise, they'd be disingenuous. I believe. Uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman being at ESPN was actually caused by Amazon being there because that was the domino that led to all of these negotiations. Yeah, And so that's because Amazon was going, hey, if we're going to do this, we're going to make sure we do it right. And Al Michaels or Troy Aikman uh, gives us instant credibility and people will look forward to having that but the thing is with football people are going to watch it anyway it just adds to the credibility with baseball you need something or just don't get in the game but they certainly don't need need what they did Uh, so from that standpoint uh, I think it can work but it's the quality of the product you put out there and that goes back to what I was saying in the previous segment with Wainwright you're going to see and you're already starting to see some of these Manning cast spinoffs smart right but the reason the Manning cast works is not because it's like, oh, here's an alternative broadcast. It's the dichotomy and personalities of Peyton and Eli and then the guests who come on and kind of screw off with them, for lack of a better term, with the football game in the background. There aren't a lot of baseball guys who have that reputation of the Charles Barkley, so to speak. And I know Barkley is a one a billion, but even a Manning and Eli – and that's why I think Wainwright's position to be a guy who can kind of be down there and and play along yeah. and get people to tune in who otherwise wouldn't tune in. But just putting young people on a game doesn't mean young people will watch the game.
0: Right, and a couple first of all, love the Wham reference to honor our friends from up north. I mean, really, it's awesome. Thank you.
1: Um, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the delicious compliment and a reference that I'm stunned you actually got considering you were born in 98. Yeah,
0: but... uh I think that the Mannings, especially like that case, they had like been building up to this with ESPN commercials and SNL, to so where they were like in our culture as not only football players but like off the field football. Now I would say mascots, but comedy in a sense, like they had equity beforehand. I feel like with the baseball thing, you just don't really have. It's so rare in any sport to have some like what the Mannings have, but also in terms of Amazon versus Apple and this kind of thing, I feel like Amazon Prime has more uh, people can feel more accessible to that than apple tv i I think there's people out there who are not really sure what apple tv is is it a subscription-based streaming service or is it like a cable provider like they're not really positive whereas amazon prime like okay i know what that is i know what prime video is i just don't have it whereas apple tv they're not sure if they need the little box i think that a lot of people are in that camp whereas amazon prime it's a pretty simple way to do it, and for the NFL, like you said, the popularity is just so much more than baseball, and it's, it's not going to change baseball just having three people in there who you're not really sure they are.
1: Uh, getting a lot of uh, texts on the topic, uh, and I like this one. This is kind of what Marshawn was making reference to in his conversation last night on Twitter. I like what Peacock does on Sunday mornings, bringing in color guys from each team for a three-man booth, and that is the localization that's so important in the regional audience that is baseball. Mm-hmm. Wainwright, we keep going back to Wainwright, but it's the common thread throughout the course of today's show, is, you know, a a form of a sports god in St. Louis. And by the way, justifiably so because of his performance on the field, the longevity, the personality, his involvement in the community, checks every single box. Um, But, you know, you put him in Los Angeles and it's like, who? Uh, Unless you're a baseball fan, which might seem weird Mm -hmm. to St. Louisans, but that's the case. So you want the localization element of it. That's smart. And I also sometimes when the Cardinals were playing and you could get a chance to hear the other teams broadcast, I'd like to hear what they were saying about the Cardinals or the Blues, for example. You watch the other teams broadcast just to see what their perception is of topics that we're discussing in St. Louis. Yeah. What they did at Apple, I don't, I don't get it for the life of me. But I do think more and more people are just like, okay, I pay for this platform already. That's fine. The problem actually is the product. Yeah. You know, people want accessibility, yep. and when it comes to baseball, they want familiarity, and that is the thing that Apple missed out on. It is 10:48 in St. Louis. Final segment of Balloon Party coming up, and then it's BK and Ferrario at the top of the hour. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you here on 101 ESPN.
2: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Yes, yes. Welcome back. Final segment. of balloon party for the week and then BK and Ferrario join us coming up. You know, we had college football this weekend. Level excitement for it. One to ten. Go. Nine. Oh, wow. I
0: love college football. I just love football in general, but I've gotten I was really big into the NFL for like most of my life, but He's, like since I went to Mizzou, college football has become so much bigger to me.
1: Uh, I'm actually I'm looking forward to watching uh, the Illini three o'clock game tomorrow against Wyoming. That's right, Source subject for yeah. those of us who yeah. nearly graduated from the University of Missouri or may have graduated. Not to say that that involves anybody in this studio.
0: No, no, president, president, company excluded. Thank you.
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, you have a decent number of games. Tomorrow, The Scott Frost Watch begins in Lincoln as they travel to uh, Northwestern early on. And
0: uh, Not a great atmosphere at the, the Northwestern.
1: No, it, it'll probably be lightly attended. Wyoming and Illinois is at 3 o'clock. And uh, I don't know. I mean, Vanderbilt at Hawaii for the degenerate crowd that is at the, 930.
0: That might be the ultimate degen game yes. of the year. Yes. That's like, seri- like after you've had a terrible oh, day. Oh, no, no, drinking all day. <laughs>
1: She's not returning my text. God,
2: what is wrong?
1: <laughs> that game's got to go over. They always go over in Hawaii. Fine, I'll put 500 on the over. And then you wake up the next morning, what did I do? Oh, it's the biggest. It- the relationship's a mess. You lost 500. Uh it's I mean if And you found yourself betting on Vanderbilt in Hawaii.
0: I'd have to put Vandy in Hawaii in week zero of college football up there with like the Pro Bowl in terms of D gen betting. Like that's gotta be up
1: there. It's like if somebody's like throwing money on a, a Cardinals Marlins game at Roger Dean Stadium in February. Oh, oh boy, we need to probably we need to have a little intervention.
0: Or like NFL preseason props. Like that's that's a top fiver.
1: Mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, but yeah, I have a feeling there'll be a lot of action thrown around oh, from the boys time. who are salivating to throw money on Vanderbilt and uh, Hawaii. That'll be a 9-30 game. Yeah, I'm legitimately looking forward to watching Wyoming and Illinois. Yeah, I will definitely. Watch it. I will watch. I just love college football. Missouri is a Thursday night game. Against Louisiana Tech, uh, the Colonel Gabe Diarmid is going to be with us regularly here on Fridays on Can't uh, Balloon Party on 101 ESPN, and we got the Cardinals and Braves this weekend. What is expected to be beautiful weather? Again, relatively speaking, I like the warm weather, but relatively speaking, for St. Louis at this time of year, it is is certainly below average. At least what from what I recall, it's usually brutal at this time of year. So you got some Cardinal baseball this weekend against a team they could see in the playoffs. i would be surprising if they saw them in the first round. But uh, you could see them uh, in an NLDS situation like we did in 2019. And, uh, man, I like the Cardinals winning the series. I really do. I'm surprised that they're plus 100. Plus
0: money, Cardinals win the series at home. Yeah, I think that that could be a shrewd play.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one that that I'm penciling in, fine, I'll put it on predictionary. Woo! The Sunday night game. Bueno es bueno on Sunday night against Jake Odorizzi. Yeah. Um, And then let's get uh, one of the first two here. And then, uh, Jackson, we're home free. And now we're starting to build up our bankroll. And then we're going to double it when Missouri ships Louisiana Tech. And then we're set up for the weekend on Labor Day weekend. And the next thing you know, we're buying up companies with our wagering winnings. That's the plan. That's the business model of the Tam Avenue Capital Partners. Join You buy well, you can <laughs>
0: you buy apple tv and you improve the broadcast i, improve,
1: I will acquire apple <laughs> yeah yep. my winnings on the louisiana tech game well that'll be the first move yeah. amazon's oh, next there's a series of moves uh, all right uh bk and ferrario are coming up next i hope everybody has a wonderful weekend for action jackson I'm tim mckernan this has been balloon party on 101 espn